Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 1st. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of intercession and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, There is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to Yeshua's great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means when you go in. Deuteronomy 28, 42-68 Swarms of insects will destroy your trees and crops. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head, and you will be the tail. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey the commands and decrees He has given you, 
All these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. These horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. The Lord will put an iron yoke on your neck, oppressing you harshly until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a distant nation against you from the ends of the earth, and it will swoop down on you like a vulture. It is a nation whose language you do not understand, a fierce and heartless nation that shows no respect for the old and no pity for the young. Its armies will devour your livestock and crops, and you will be destroyed. They will leave you no grain, new wine, olive oil, calves, or lambs, and you will starve to death. They will attack your cities until all the fortified walls in your land, the walls you trusted to protect you, are knocked down. They will attack all the towns in the land the Lord your God has given you. The siege and terrible distress of the enemy's attack will be so severe that you will eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters whom the Lord your God has given you. The most tender-hearted man among you will have no compassion for his brother, his beloved wife, and his surviving children. He will refuse to share with them the flesh he is devouring, the flesh of one of his own children because he has nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on all your towns. The most tender and delicate woman among you, so delicate she would not so much as touch the ground with her foot, will be selfish toward her husband she loves and toward her own son or daughter. She will hide from them the afterbirth and the new baby she has born, so that she herself can secretly eat them. She will have nothing else to eat during the siege, and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on all your towns. If you refuse to obey all the words of instruction that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. He will afflict you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much, and you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. Though you become as numerous as the stars in the sky, few of you will be left because you would not listen to the Lord your God. Just as the Lord has found great pleasure in causing you to prosper and multiply, the Lord will find pleasure in destroying you. You will be torn from the land you are about to enter and occupy. For the Lord will scatter you among all the nations from one end of the earth to the other, There, 
You will worship foreign gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known, gods made of wood and stone. There, among those nations, you will find no peace or place to rest. And the Lord will cause your heart to tremble, your eyesight to fail, and your soul to despair. Your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear, unsure if you will survive. In the morning you will say, if only it were night. And in the evening you will say, if only it were the morning. For you will be terrified by the awful horrors you see around you. Then the Lord will send you back to Egypt in ships, to a destination I promised you would never see again. There you will offer to sell yourselves to the enemies as slaves, but no one will buy you. Job 40, 1 to 42, 17. Then the Lord said to Job, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? Then Job replied to the Lord, I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I will cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Will you discredit my justice and condemn me just to prove you are right? Are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like His? All right, put on your glory and splendor, your honor and majesty. Give vent to your anger. Let it overflow against the proud. Humiliate the proud with a glance. Walk on the wicked where they stand. Bury them in the dust. Imprison them in the world of the dead. Then even I would praise you, for your own strength would save you. Take a look at Behemoth, which I made just as I made you. It eats grass like an ox. See its powerful loins and the muscles of its belly. Its tail is as strong as a cedar. The sinews of its thighs are knit tightly together. Its bones are tubes of bronze. Its limbs are bars of iron. It is a prime example of God's handiwork, and only its creator can threaten it. The mountains offer it their best food, where all the wild animals play. It lies under the lotus plants, hidden by the reeds and the marsh. The lotus plants give it shade among the willows beside the stream. It is not disturbed by the raging river, nor concerned when the swelling Jordan rushes around it. No one can catch it off guard, or put a ring in its nose and lead it away. Can you catch Leviathan with a hook, or put a noose around its jaw? Can you tie it with a rope through the nose, or pierce its jaw with a spike? Will it beg you for mercy, or implore you for pity? Will it agree to work for you to be your slave for life? Can you make it a pet like a bird, or give it to your little girls to play with? Will merchants try to buy it, to sell it in their shops? Will its hide be hurt by spears, or its head by a harpoon? If you lay a hand on it, you will certainly remember the battle that follows. You won't try that again. No, it is useless to try to capture it. The hunter who attempts it will be knocked down. And since no one dares to disturb it, who then can stand up to me? Who has given me anything 
that I need to pay back. Everything under heaven is mine. I want to emphasize Leviathan's limbs and its enormous strength and graceful form. Who can strip off its hide, and who can penetrate its double layer of armor? Who could pry open its jaws, for its teeth are terrible? The scales on its back are like rows of shields tightly sealed together. They are so close together that no air can get between them. Each scale sticks tight to the next. They interlock and cannot be penetrated. When it sneezes, it flashes light. Its eyes are like the red of dawn. Lightning leaps from its mouth. Flames of fire flash out. Smoke streams from its nostrils like steam from a pot heated over burning rushes. Its breath would kindle coals, for flames shoot from its mouth. The tremendous strength in Leviathan's neck strikes terror wherever it goes. Its flesh is hard and firm and cannot be penetrated. Its heart is hard as rock, hard as a millstone. When it rises, the mighty are afraid, gripped by terror. No sword can stop it, no spear, dart, or javelin. Iron is nothing but straw to that creature, and bronze is like rotten wood. Arrows cannot make it flee. Stones shot from a sling are like bits of grass. Clubs are like a blade of grass, and it laughs at the swish of javelins. Its belly is covered with scales as sharp as glass. It plows up the ground as it drags through the mud. Leviathan makes the water boil with its commotion. It stirs the depths like a pot of ointment. The water glistens in its wake, making the sea look white. Nothing on earth is its equal. No other creature so fearless. Of all the creatures, it is the proudest. It is the king of beasts. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, Listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now... I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. I will not treat you as you deserve for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite did as the Lord commanded them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. 
Then all his brothers, sisters, and former friends came and feasted with him in his home, and they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning, for now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job, and their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died, an old man who had lived a long, full life. 2 Corinthians 5, 11-21 Because we, Paul and his co-workers, understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you Corinthians know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God, and if we are in our right minds, It is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Yeshua died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now! This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Psalm 45, 1-17 Beautiful words stir my heart. 
I will recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts. The nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your rule, you rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you, more than on anyone else. Myrrh, aloes, and cassia perfume your robes. In ivory palaces the music of strings entertains you. King's daughters are among your noble women. At your right side stands the queen, wearing jewelry of finest gold from Ophir. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take to heart what I say. Forget your people and your family far away. For your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The princess of Tyre will shower you with gifts. The wealthy will beg your favor. The bride, a princess, looks glorious in her golden gown. In her beautiful robes she is led to the king, accompanied by her bridesmaids. What a joyful and enthusiastic procession as they enter the king's palace. Your sons will become like kings, like their father. You will make them rulers over many lands. I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Proverbs 22.14 The mouth of an immoral woman is a dangerous trap. Those who make the Lord angry will fall into it. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion reading from Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting in verse 42. And before I get into the details of it, I want to review a quick principle is that biblical history is prophecy. And the events, the historical events that happened to our spiritual forefathers literally happened, but they also are a prophetic blueprint for the end of days. So um, when you're reading, sometimes it's describing what has already happened in history, but it's also describing what's going to happen again. And there are times when a prophecy can be fulfilled two, even three times. Uh, It's like a spiral staircase. And, and it just repeats, okay? So that's the principle. And so we're reading in Deuteronomy 28 where the Lord is outlining through Moses the curses that are going to come upon the nation of Israel if they walk away from him, if they renounce him, if they stop following his ways and his commands and his decrees. 
So let's jump into it. Deuteronomy 28:32. You will watch as your sons and daughters are taken away as slaves. Your heart will break for them, but you won't be able to help them. Historically, that literally happened. When Assyria came in and took captive the northern kingdom, they were taken away as slaves. When Babylon with King Nebuchadnezzar came and captured the southern kingdom, they were taken away as slaves, including Daniel and his friends. How is that playing out today? Today, some of our children have been taken captive by the spirit of this age. Instead of loving truth and seeking truth, they have been sent a deluding, a strong deluding spirit from the Lord, and their eyes are blinded. And so they're caught up with a love affair with the world. They're caught up in alternative lifestyles, transgender lifestyles, selfishness, coldness, the love of most grows cold. I've spoken with many parents whose adult children have renounced them, have turned their back on them, and no longer have relationship with them. I have experienced this myself. Truly, this is heartbreaking. But it's that spirit of this world that has taken captive many of our adult children. We must never stop loving them and never stop praying for them. Now I want to jump down to verse 44. And in verse 44, it says, well, I'll start in verse 43. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head and you will be the tail. So again, this happened historically, but where are we today? I would say overall, I would say the United States of America is under a judgment from the Lord and that many of these verses that outline what the curse looks like when you renounce God and you walk away from his word um, and you turn away from Yeshua, uh, this gives the details of what that judgment looks like. And so I would say as a nation, we are under God's judgment. Now, he protects his individual remnant people and keeps them under his covering. But as a nation, we're under this judgment. So uh, verse 44 talks about they will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. Now, I'm reading in the news that many people, because of high inflation, high costs of gas and groceries and high rent, high mortgage, high interest rates, Many people are using their credit cards to buy groceries, to pay for their gas. They're going into debt just to make ends meet. And so that's how that one's playing out. It's a warning. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, Yahweh your Elohim, and to obey the commands and decrees he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. It goes on to say in verse 49, The Lord will bring a distant nation against you from the end of the earth, and it will swoop down on you like a vulture. It is a nation 
whose language you do not understand, a fierce and heartless nation that shows no respect for the old and no pity for the young. Its armies will devour your livestock and crops, and you will be destroyed. They will leave you no grain, new wine, olive oil, calves, or lambs, and you will starve to death. They will attack your cities until all the fortified walls in your land, the walls you trusted to protect you, are knocked down. So, how does that apply to today? That happened back then, historically. Um, Assyria conquered the northern kingdom, the house of Israel. Babylon conquered the southern kingdom, the house of Judah. So, historically, this has already been fulfilled, but I would say this is going to be fulfilled again. How so? So, our borders uh, are basically non-existent on the south. And up to 10,000 people are coming in every single day across the border. That's 100,000 people in 10 days. That's 1 million people in 100 days. And these are not just people from Latin America. Um, There's been reports that thousands of fighting-age Chinese men without wives or children, just the men, are coming across the border. They're coming from over 80 nations. And so here's the news story. Border Patrol just uncovered a terrifying reality at the border. And this is from the D.C. Daily Journal, dated August the 25th. Joe Biden has ensured the complete collapse of the southern border. But there are some things that are even more alarming than we thought. Because Border Patrol just uncovered a terrifying reality at the border. Border Patrol agents are tasked with defending the nation from the onslaught of illegal immigration. At least, that's what they're supposed to do. But the truth is scarier than you think. The U.S. Border Patrol has officially accepted responsibility for the decision to leave massive floodgates in the border wall open allowing thousands of illegal immigrants to easily stream into Arizona. Folks, this is an invasion. These are not just people seeking a better life. These are military men coming in from China. So we have broken borders, porous borders. We have zero borders. And so this is how it's beginning to be fulfilled that this prophecy about the curse, about the judgment for that ancient time of Israel, it applies to the United States of America today. So it's talking about these armies. I want to cross-reference this to a passage from Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51. Now, Jeremiah 50 and 51 is all about um, a nation of the future that's called the daughter of Babylon. And she's the youngest nation. She's the hindermost nation. And a whole big judgment is laid out against her. And God's going to bring her down. And it's going to happen militarily. It will be a hot war. It'll be a kinetic war. And this hasn't happened yet. It's future prophetic. But this, I believe, really cross-references back to Deuteronomy 28. So in Jeremiah chapter chapter 50, Starting in verse 3, for out of the north a nation comes up against her, and that's the daughter of Babylon nation, which shall make her land desolate, 
and no one shall dwell therein. They shall move, they shall depart, both man and beast. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, with continual weeping, they shall come and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion, with their faces toward it, saying, Come, and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that will not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They've turned them away on the mountains. They've gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All who found them have devoured them. And their adversaries said, We have not offended, because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Now the next couple of verses really explains it more. Move from the midst of Babylon, go out from the land of the Chaldeans, and be like the rams before the flocks. Now verse 9. For behold, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall array themselves against her. From there she shall be captured. Their arrows shall be like those of an expert warrior. None shall return in vain. Now how might this play out? Well, the U.S. is stirring the pot and poking the bear, and sending billions and billions of dollars to Zelensky over in Ukraine, Um, and it's a proxy war against Russia. And at a certain point, this war is very likely going to escalate to where Russia, instead of fighting back in Ukraine, is going to fight back against America directly. China is already beginning to set up a base on Cuba a military base on Cuba, and station troops there and equipment and missiles. This is what the Cuban Missile Crisis was about back in the 60s under uh, Kennedy. And we came very close to a nuclear war back then. He said, no, you're not going to put your, your base there and put your missiles there. But under Biden, he's just looking the other way and allowing China to set up a base in Cuba, with missiles and military equipment and military fighting men. So we see the staging of this potential war against the daughter Babylon nation. It's happening right under our noses. Now, coming back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, um, we have plagues. Let's look down in verse 59. I'll start in verse 58. If you refuse to obey all the words of instruction that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of Yahweh your Elohim, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. He will afflict you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much, and you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. So what happened back in March of 2020? We had this global 
plandemic. We had this COVID-engineered so-called vaccine that was engineered originally in the U.S. and then shipped out to China to the Wuhan lab because of gain-of-function research was illegal in the U.S. And then from Wuhan, it was intentionally released into uh, the population, and many people became sick and died. And then they developed their bioweapon, their kill shot, the clot shot, which was worse than the actual disease itself. And since then, people who have taken the clot shot, many, many people have died from heart attacks, from stroke, from cancers. Women have become infertile. There's been the um, sudden death syndrome that's happened where people in the prime of life, they just drop dead and die. And the excess mortality rate in Germany, in the UK, and the US per global life insurance companies who keep statistics and data on this, the excess mortality rate is 15 to 20% higher than it normally would be back in 2021 and 2022 when the clot shot was rolled out. So we are seeing these very curses that are laid out in Deuteronomy uh, happening, occurring. And so what can we do? We hide under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. We cling to Yeshua with everything that we've got. We trust in him. We walk in faith. We keep uh his commands by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we keep our eyes on him and trust in him. We shelter under his wings. Now, this whole COVID nonsense, there's talk now in the news that the Biden administration is already planning for COVID 2.0, that there's another pandemic that's going to be rolled out in mid-September. And TSA and um, Homeland Security and other agencies, there have been some whistleblowers who've come out and said, hey, we're already prepping for more masking and more man- uh, lockdowns and mandates uh, coming out in mid-September. And Biden is already coming out and saying, go get your COVID booster shot. Go get another booster shot. So that's coming right around the corner. And what do you do? There, there's absolutely... You do not comply with tyranny. You absolutely do not comply with tyranny. So you simply don't comply. You don't wear the mask when you walk into Walmart or Safeway. You don't wear the mask. You don't comply. You simply do not comply. Otherwise, if you do, if you're compliant with tyranny, you're giving away your freedoms and your liberties. So this is coming. We have a Dr. Jordan Peterson from Canada. And here's the news headline. Chilling from the Gateway Pundit, dated August the 24th. Chilling, Dr. Jordan Peterson is forced to undergo re-education to retain his license because of social media posts. The Ontario College of Psychologists has ordered Professor Dr. Jordan Peterson to undergo re-education training because of his social media posts. 
The statements Peterson made on social media did not relate to the practice of psychology, but rather his opinions on gender ideology, the medical mistreatment of minors with regards to trans surgery, climate hysteria, and criticizing Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The complaints were made by members of the public, not by any individuals who Dr. Peterson has ever treated. Before the verdict, Peterson said this, The decision of an Ontario court regarding the allegations levied against me is due tomorrow. I stand by what I have said and done and wish them luck in their continued prosecution. They're going to need it. I tweeted and otherwise expressed my opposition to trans-surgery butchery at Justin Trudeau and his minions and the lying climate apocalypse mongers. That's all looking pretty good from my end, and if I can't express such opinions in Canada, I will let the world know. That's the world we're living in now. We're living in the world of 1984, from the famous book written by George Orwell. And so we we must stand for truth. We must stand for Yeshua. We must stand for righteousness. And we must not bow to the tyranny. Stay sheltered under the wings of the Almighty, covered and protected under his wings of love. Blessings and shalom. We'll see you tomorrow. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24 to 26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.